And you say, why? Thank you for asking. I, I told you last week's message was going to be good. And I was a dismal failure. After talking, all the talk promising a good message I didn't deliver, about 80% of the message was not good. Now, you'd think after such a humbling experience, I wouldn't be ready to make any proud predictions about this week. But that never stopped me before. So, I'm ready to deliver a good message today, and this time I mean it. Uh, for those who weren't here last week and you're wondering what kind of crazy preacher makes message predictions, <clears throat> we're studying the book of Proverbs right now. And in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 27, we read the words, He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. And we have chosen as a topic of study, good. That's why I said last week's message was going to be good. But it ended up being not good, and that's because we got hung up on the second point, and the second point are, were five things that Solomon says are not good. So, I, I, you know, I was guessing, by the way, percentages. If you're doing some figuring, I don't know if it was exactly 80%, but it really wasn't good. So we're going to look at the things that are good and learn some good things uh, from the Word of God tonight. So let's ask God to help us and give us the wisdom we need. Father, as we uh, study this subject in Proverbs about what you say about being good and doing good, uh, help our hearts to be touched. I pray that uh, we would uh, be different because of what we hear tonight and that we would understand uh, the importance of doing good and being good. And I, I pray that you would uh, give us a, an understanding of your truth and uh, may these things stir our hearts appropriately, and may we make changes if necessary to our lives to glorify you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you remember, last week we did uh, spend in the second point revelations about things that are not good. And there were five things uh, that we found in the second point of our outline. Punishing just people, we were told by Solomon, is not good. Showing respect of persons is not good. Uh, acting without knowledge, dishonesty in business, and things done in excess. These were truths that we've already learned in Proverbs that were not good. Now go back to Proverbs chapter 2, if you would, because in Proverbs chapter 2, uh, we are told that God has a good path. And if you remember, our first point in the outline, and I'm kind of reviewing quickly to kind of get us on the, the page uh, together, we reminded you or shared with you from the truth found in verse 9, yea, every good path, that, that there is good and evil, that good does indeed exist, and that God encourages us in the matter of good, and that if we seek wisdom, we will know the good way and the good path. And we concluded that if God encourages us in, by revealing a good path, then we ought to see good as an exhortation, not just a suggestion, but a job and a task that we should be involved in. If you remember, about 43 times in Proverbs, Solomon uses this word and teaches us a number of good things about good. And so uh, let's pick up Roman numeral three in your outline, if you still have it. Uh, the responsibility of good, the responsibility of good. As you go through the, the Proverbs, there's actually two, um, two different verses that focus on this responsibility. And the first one is found in chapter three 
and in verse 27. It's a verse we've already actually looked at a little bit uh, as we studied the first nine chapters, kind of going verse by verse, and now we've been dealing with topics. But we're back here anyway because verse 27 has a great truth for us. He says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. So there's a responsibility that God has given to us, and we're reminded in Proverbs that we have a responsibility to do good. So the the first truth under the responsibility is don't withhold it from others. And I actually put, I know your outline is, is that way, do not withhold it from others, but I also put down these words, make it your practice. And that's what God tells us, withhold not good from them to whom it is due. Um. Here in the subject of, of doing good is um, there are times, obviously, we can't always do people good. Um, I know the Wileys, uh, they found a vehicle. We're thankful for that. They were looking for a vehicle. And quite honestly, I would have loved to buy the Wileys a new vehicle. But that wasn't in my power. Sorry. Just, I'm not making that seven figure, you know. Uh, you know, the offerings just haven't been that big, you know. And uh, so if I was making seven figures, sure, we would have we been glad to do that. You know, there's other people I would love to help. We've had a lot of health issues amongst our people. I, I'd love to heal everyone, but I'm, 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 not, <laughs> I'm not one of those divine healers, and I don't have that ability. It's not in my power. It's not in my ability. But there are things that I can do for God's people, and those that I can, I ought to be involved in. And I'll look for those opportunities. And God says to not withhold uh, good from people. And so although it may not be in my power to do good, although, by the way, for those who are not in good health, I can pray. At least that's one thing in one way in which I can be a help. Uh, but uh, though my abilities may be limited, there are times I will be able to do good. By the way, everyone has at some time or another the ability to do others good. And when you do... You need to be involved in it. And God reminds us of that truth here. Whenever you have the means or the ability, you should do good to those around you. Uh, I was thinking of that this past week as I I was thinking about New Testament truth because sometimes I like to make the the tie that there there are scriptures in the New Testament. And a verse that came to mind is interesting to me. Peter said this about Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And then he said these words, who went about doing good. So our Lord Jesus Christ really patterns what Solomon talked about here. He had the ability, by the way, he had the ability to heal. He had the ability to deal with those who were possessed. In fact, that's what's talked about in the rest of the verse there. So Jesus had many abilities that others didn't, and he went about his life, was focused on doing that which is good. So when he had the ability, he took advantage of it. And my friends, you and I need to have that same attitude. Look at the verse, if you would, one more time. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due. And it's real interesting to me. I I was reading uh, through and, and looking at some of the words in this verse, and it's interesting. The word due means master or owner. And if you really think it through, it's, it's, an, it's kind of an intriguing thought. But what God says is that he, because this is dealing more in the matter of finances than doing 
like healing like Jesus could do or something to that effect. And in the matter of meeting the needs of others when I have the ability to, God says this, that they truly are the owner of it if you can do them good. And if you hold it back, you're withholding something that they are master of and owner of. And the, you say, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Actually, it does. The idea is that God gives to you and I financially opportunities that we have to meet the needs of others. But the truth is, it's not our money. And not only would we say God is the one who gave it to us, but it's this. God has given it to us to give it to them. And in reality, they are the owner of it. So they are due this money. And if I withhold it, I am keeping from them something they deserve the right to. That's a pretty interesting thought. So God says, there are times I'm going to give you money that you're supposed to give to someone else, and it's theirs. And you better deal with it right. Don't withhold that what you've been blessed with. Because the truth is, it's not yours. It actually is theirs. And God gave it to you, so you give it to them. And that gives you a blessing and gives them a blessing. Isn't that a pretty interesting verse? An amazing thought. And that's what doing good is about. And that's what God expects. That when I have the ability, when I have the opportunity, God wants me to do that which is good. Now, the proper understanding is the text is obviously a monetary sense. There's no question about that. But we have plenty of opportunities to do good in other ways. And, you know, sometimes we can, we can shun those, oppor those opportunities. Sometimes we can excuse ourselves from those. Uh, just last week, uh, on Wednesday night, our neighbor, because of all the rains, got his vehicle stuck in his front yard been parking in his front yard his mom told him not to do it but he's been parking in the front yard hope he's not listening in tonight get him get him in trouble um, but he was he was there and he got stuck and he couldn't get it out um, so um, after church he's supposed to be going into work and he was already kind of a little bit late but his vehicle was still there so that was an opportunity now, it wasn't something that I necessarily was thinking about doing, especially with a tie-on and, and, and a suit jacket, you know. We did end up getting changed. Um, but it was an opportunity to do good that God placed in, a, in our lap. Um, God gives us those kind of opportunities. And God says, don't withhold then good. When you have the opportunity, do it. And... Um, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but it was to them. It was a way in which we could meet a need. And who knows what that might open the door to do. So the first truth we are, are, are told in this responsibility is don't withhold it from others or make it a practice. But then in chapter 11, the verse we read at the beginning in verse 27, God tells us to diligently seek good. Do you see that? Actually, God says there's a benefit to come, those who diligently seek it. And we'll share that in a moment. But the second point in this responsibility is to diligently seek it. And I made it, put it this way, uh, as I was thinking through a little bit further this week, make it your passion. So don't only make it your practice, but make it your passion. Make doing good something that you want to do, that you're thinking about, that you're, you're longing for. God, give me an opportunity to do someone good today. 
I got to tell you something. If you pray that way, you can expect God to give you opportunities. And who knows how many of those opportunities, if that's your passion, God will use to open up a chance to give someone a gospel track, invite them to church, have some sort of impact for eternal things. But if we're not looking to do good, if that's not our passion, if there's nothing within us that says, well, I'll do it if I have to, if that's the way we live life, then we're going to miss out on opportunities. So diligently seek it. Um, if you uh, understand the language here, and this is another one that's kind of interesting, he that diligently seeketh good. The word diligent there means literally dawn. Is that, what do you mean? And, not dawn as a person, okay? But dawn as in early morning. And that may not seem to make sense either, but the idea is someone who gets up early and makes it the object of their attention and effort. So from the earliest part of my day, I'm going to be thinking, I want to do good. I'm going to have this focus. I want to be involved in good today. And as God gives me opportunity. And, um, and so that's the, that's the way we should be. And that will lead to... This will be the first point of the next one. Good rewards or good results, Roman numeral four. Good rewards or good results. And in the Proverbs, Solomon shares with us a number of rewards or results from seeking that which is good or doing good. So the first thing is seeking good brings what? Look in verse 27. He that diligently seeketh good. You get up early in the morning and your thought is I'm going to do good. And as you do that and as you live that, if, as that is your passion... What are you going to find? What are you going to procure? That's not a word we use all the time. Favor. Okay, so let's, seeking good brings favor. Um, so I want to be the recipient of favor, don't you? It's no wonder God encourages us to from the very start of the day, from dawn, to think about and to make our passion doing good because God knows that when we do good, favor comes as a result. And, and that's true. You, you, you look at people who do others good and those people often have the favor of other people just because doing good begets good. It's often returned. And you can pretty much observe that in someone's life. Someone who is stingy, miserly, who doesn't share, who doesn't do good, who doesn't care about others, doesn't have a lot of friends, and doesn't have a lot of people who favor them, if you would, and wouldn't come to their aid or come to their help if they were in need. I mean, if someone would do it, it's going to be someone who just kind of ignores the fact that they've been mean and surly and haven't been interested in others. But someone who's constantly giving to others, many times they're the focus of attention when they have a need. Because doing good procures, it brings about, it, it brings a return turn of favor. And the favor seems to be generally that it comes from men. So that when I seek good, the good of others, and I'm not living just for myself, I'm seeking the good of others, it's going to result in favor. But I want you to see another verse. Look in chapter 12 and verse 2. Because a good man, a man who's doing that which is good, also obtains favor. But where does his favor come from? All right, so there's like a double blessing in this. When I live a life saying, I'm going to do good, often I'll get the favor of men, 
chapter 11 and verse 27, which seems to be at least uh, somewhat the idea of that proverb. But in chapter 12, it's the favor of God. Um, didn't we see that promise that God made to Israel in, in Exodus chapter 19? All right, obey my voice, right? The, the, the most important verse in all of Exodus, obey my voice. And then God said, if you obey my voice, here's what I'll do. It's going to procure God's favor when we do that, which is good. So seeking good brings favor. Uh, now, here's another aspect of, of good, or if you, this is something that will produce good. Look in chapter 12, verse 14. Chapter 12 and verse 14. So what's going to produce or bring about good according to chapter 12 and verse 14? Just us here. Okay, all right. Controlling the tongue is good or produces good. Um, preachers are so guilty of being negative. It's true. It's true, okay? I, I accept it. Like I said, last week's message wasn't good. I'm willing to admit it. Preachers can sometimes be so negative about things and sometimes we, we do that because it seems like the negative brings a response. And, and it's true. James said that the tongue is like a fire. It can do great damage. It can destroy lives. It can ruin people. But let me tell you something else. That the tongue can be used for good. And the tongue can bring forth very good things as well. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Proverbs 15, 1. And many other verses in Proverbs chapter 15 tell us about, if you would, the blessing and the good that can come from a tongue that is under control. So there's an important lesson. There's a good reward or good result. If we will learn to control our tongue, we can. it will either result in good or produce good. And let me tell you something. This isn't just one place in chapter 12. Look in verse 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop. But what does a good word do? Yeah, makes a difference, doesn't it? All right, so, uh, and you say, well, is that all? No, thanks for asking. Chapter 13 and verse 2. And God says there, a man shall eat good by what? The fruit of his mouth. So it's going to either, it is good or it's going to produce that which is good. And if you think we're done, we're not. Chapter 15. Look in verse 23, where we find a man hath what? Joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season? It's good. It's good. Um, and then we conclude at least this point with verse 30. So the, more than any other, ver, uh, other truth about good, the tongue it's talked about often, verse 30, the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. You want fat bones, people. Uh, Got to learn to control the tongue. All right, so, um, all right, let's not talk about fat anymore. Let's move on. Uh, look in chapter, back in chapter 13, and in verse 21, God says, evil pursues sinners. But righteous people, what's going to be paid to them? Good, all right? So I put it this way, righteousness leads 
to good. We could argue that this is that principle of sowing and reaping. Remember what we looked at at the end of, actually, the last half of chapter 11, uh, dealing with so many verses, dealing with this sowing and reaping type idea and this principle. So when you do right, you can expect the result to be good. Now, that doesn't mean it, it always happens. Uh, and sometimes the good doesn't come until much later. Isn't that true? Um, but I'm thankful that God never lets good go unrewarded. God never lets righteousness go unrewarded. Um, a, a New Testament verse that comes to mind is 1 Timothy 5. In 1 Timothy 5, 24, God says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. In other words, if someone does that which is wrong, there's going to be a payday. It's going to come. It surely will. But it doesn't end there. There we go, the negative preachers, right? Because it, it goes on in verse 25 and says, likewise, all, likewise also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and that they, they that are otherwise cannot be hid. Look, someone may never see your righteousness. They may never see the right that you did. They may never see the right choice you made, the right decision, the right action. Some may never know the good or the right that you've done. But I'll tell you this, God will never leave it unrewarded. God always rewards that which is good. Chapter 15 and verse 3. And I love this one. In chapter 15 and verse 3, we learn that good is observed by God. He always sees it. Um, in Proverbs 15, 3, here we go again. What do preachers often preach? God sees you when you're doing wrong. Okay, not everyone, but that's a lot of times what we focus on. In fact, it was interesting to me. I did a search in illustrations because I have an illustration um, uh, program. I did a search in illustrations on, on this verse, and most of the illustrations were negative. It was, it was interesting to me. In fact, one commented about a, 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 a poem written by Isaac Watts, songwriter. And here's what he wrote. Oh, may these thoughts possess my breast, where'er I rove, where'er I rest, nor let my weaker passions dare consent to sin, for God is there. So the focus of the the passage was, I better not do that which is wrong because God sees. But this passage, we're reminded that the eyes of the Lord are in every place. He doesn't just behold the evil. You know what he also beholds? This is the good message. God beholds the good. So he sees it. He, he, he knows when you do something nice for the neighbor. And, um, and they don't even recognize it. He sees that you held the door for those people that didn't even say thanks, just walked by talking to one another, going on their merry way, and yet you held the door for them. He also saw if you said, yeah, there you go. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Okay. No, good is observed by God. Never forget that. Um, it's not missed, and it won't be forgotten by God. And then uh, the final point, although we could probably say more about good, and we could have more good in a message, all right? Chapter 16 and verse 20. He that handleth a matter wisely is going to find what? Good. 
handling matters wisely brings or results in good. One attains good when they don't act rashly or without thought, but they make inquiry and act with careful thought. But that's not all that's said in this, chap in this verse. And this is kind of interesting because that first part is good, isn't it? All right, look, use wisdom. Make right decisions and other things. And understand this, that many times when you do that, uh, you handle a matter wisely, you're going to find good comes as a result. But most writers who talk about this verse say that there's something even better than that. And rather than just trusting in your own wisdom, which if you think matters through and you act in a wise way, it's going to bring about that which is good. But the better thing for a person to do is to trust in the Lord and look to God and lean not to their own understanding. And when someone lives life like that, then they will know, if you would, happiness. So it's almost as if this is one of those Proverbs that builds upon itself. It's like, all right, this is good. You do this. You handle matters wisely, and you'll find that which is good. But if you want to know the next step, learn to trust in the Lord. And if you trust in the Lord, not only will you find good, but you're also going to find that there's happiness and joy that God gives that no one else can give as a result of your trust in him. And so... Uh, you can handle matters wisely, which is good, and it will bring that which is good. But the best thing would be to trust in the Lord. Someone explained it this way. He that understands his business thoroughly and manages it prudently and discreetly is likely to have good success. But no one is so happy, no one is so sure of prospering in his designs as he that confides more in God than in his own skill and industry. And may we learn to do that. So, there's nothing else to say about it, but this has been a good message. Uh, not because the speaker was any good, not because the illustrations were any good, but because we dealt with and we learned from what Solomon and what God tells us about what, what is good and what brings good. And may we... Strive to be good and do good. That, that really ultimately is the challenge that comes from uh, the study of the subject because, um, because it really does. It, it, it either brings reward or punishment depending on what direction I go and what I do. And so uh, there you have it, a good message, words of wisdom about being good, doing good, or um, maybe things that are not good. May we be people who seek good, who pursue it, whose passion is good. And may we find then the blessing that comes when we act in that way. Father, thank you for your word. Thanks for the opportunity you gave us tonight to uh, look at this subject dealt with in, in many ways in the book of Proverbs that teach us some things we need to know and, and maybe just sharpen in our focus. And may we be people who have a passion for and have a great interest in and who get up early and seek after doing that which is good, that we may please you. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Lord bless you as you do good. You're dismissed.